probably the I was thinking about this. And I think the first Bruce Springsteen song I probably really liked was we had the record of whatever that Christmas compilation was. Did um, Run Run Rudolph or no, Santa's yeah. Coming to Town on it. And that was probably like my first Springsteen song that I listened to when I was like, you know, I guess we were still in Philadelphia. So I must have been little, little like kindergarten. But, you know, he was, they, we listened to Born to Run album and all that growing up. And then in high school, I got really interested in him again. A friend of mine was a really big fan and and it just like fits so well with that high school like angst of like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta grow up. I gotta start yeah. my life. You know, it's so many of his early songs anyway are like, just speak to that so well that it just, I really connected with it there. And then once I started writing songs, then I had a whole other level of appreciation for what he does and his ability to weave a story and create characters and all of this stuff that is really different from what I do and but so interesting to me, you know. So I think it's it's gone in phases for sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me today is a musician, a mom, and a very kind sport to join me on an early morning. How are you doing, Julia? I'm doing good. This is not early for me, I have to say. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> my day starts quite early, but uh, but I appreciate you being flexible with my schedule. Oh, sure. no problem. Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a musician based out of Asheville, North Carolina um, right now, but originally I grew up in New Jersey, um, which is probably what started my introduction to Bruce Springsteen, of course. Yeah. Um, and I two lovely kids and um, my husband here as well in Asheville. Um, what else to say? <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard question for some reason. Yeah. Well, um, what brought you down to uh, from Jersey down to North Carolina? Well, I've been living in New Orleans. Um, I moved from from New York to New Orleans um, and then up to Montana for a while and then back to New Orleans. But I uh, ended up going back to school later in life to, to become a nurse. And so um, Asheville had a nursing program and it, okay. it brought me here. Um, and I just, you know, I had some friends here that had relocated from New Orleans and really appreciated the musical community here and the art history here. Um, and also my dad's father originally is from Franklin, North Carolina, which is about an hour away. Okay. So little bit of a family connection there as well is there a big music community there i know obviously there is in new orleans i mean new orleans is a wonderful music city yeah Asheville has a great music scene you know it has a lot of um you know historically a lot of the sort of traditional like old time and um like ballad singing that the sort of um history of ballad singing i don't know how much you're familiar with that and these songs that came over from um england and scotland um and have sort of stayed 
part of the oral history here is really fascinating. Unfortunately, a lot of them are like murder ballads and things like that. Yes. um, You know, and then obviously people like Dolly Parton in Tennessee and just sort of the surrounding area and that influence. Um, But yeah, we have a great, currently great like country scene here and a lot of great bands, um, Americana music, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a growing um, brand, the Americana, um, you know, which is a lot of fun. Um, I always like to start at the beginning, uh, Julia. So growing up, what kind of music did your family listen to? Was it a was it a very musical family? Yeah, we always listened to music. Um, My parents aren't musicians, but they're both visual artists. Um, Okay. But my. like I have aunts and uncles that are musicians as well. So live okay. music was always sort of part of our like Christmases and family gatherings and, and things like that, um, playing guitar and piano. Um, and then my parents just love music and always listen to a lot of music. And mm-hmm. for them, you know, it was a lot of the stuff that I guess, you know, they, they connected to in college and still listen to like, you know, Dylan and Joni Mitchell and um, Bonnie Raid and that kind of stuff, which yeah. is still, I mean, I still listen to that music and it's a big influence on my songwriting because it's just wonderful. Um, did When did you first have that, lo- like where you wanted to create your own music? Is that something you've always known or is that something that came upon later in your life? You know, I started playing music really young. I was five and I started playing the violin. Um, my parents asked me what I wanted to play. And I said, the harp. And they said, how about the violin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but then I, I picked up guitar later. Um, but in terms of songwriting, you know, it, it's something that I like tried and, but I think I always had a lot of hangups, like feeling, I don't know, just sort of imposter syndrome or overwhelmed by it, or, you know, like, oh, this isn't something that I can do, or what do I have to say? So it wasn't really until later, like in my late 20s, that I started really letting myself play around with writing more. And part of it was living in New Orleans and and having a really strong musical community there of other musicians and kind of seeing them work through the process. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, this isn't as scary as I thought it was. And it's okay if you just play around with something and maybe you don't like it and kind of taking that perfectionism piece out of it you know and making it more playful and enjoyable yeah um j michael stravinsky who is a you know writer from done a lot of different things probably best known for writing babylon 5 often says you know art is never finished it's only abandoned Mm -hmm. And, and i think understanding that right like there's um what is it tom t hall said that um I love is the absolutely worst example because he sat down wrote it in like five minutes and then it was a million dollar seller and he goes that's that's rare that's not how songwriting works most of the time totally I've been really um there's a Chuck Close quote and I'm gonna mess it up but it's like amateurs wait for inspiration and artists get to work every day or something like that yeah. And uh, so that's my sort of newer philosophy, I feel yeah. like, you know, especially as my life is obviously doesn't have as much free time, you know, sure. to just sort of make space for it and 
and not, you know, wait for like a total song download to just show up perfectly, completely written because, you know, yeah. sometimes you do get that and it's, it's absolute magic, but a lot of times you don't. And if you're only ever waiting for the just complete song to show up, then, you know, it's going to be a long time. Before yeah. Soon. There's uh, unreleased things or, or there's snippets on a lot of um, Brian Wilson, like the pet sounds and smile sessions where you can hear how he was, he ended up making almost mosaics. Like he had little pieces of this and then added to that and everything. So I think you're in good company by having that, not just, Oh, you know, Bob, you know, lightning struck and out of me immediately came, you know, born to run, you know, it's (laughs) exactly. Um, when did you, uh, is it, did you first discover Bruce as a co- child? Yeah, my parents definitely listened to Bruce Springsteen. Probably the, I was thinking about this. And I think the first Bruce Springsteen song I probably really liked was we had the record of whatever that Christmas compilation was. Yeah. We did um, Run Run Rudolph or no, Santa's yeah. Coming Town on it. Yeah. And that was probably like my first Springsteen song that I listened to when I was like, you know. I guess we were still in Philadelphia, so I must have been little, little like kindergarten. Sure. Uh, but you know, he was. We listened to Born to Run album and um, yeah. all that growing up. And then in high school, I got really interested in him again. Um, a friend of mine was a really big fan, and and it just like fit so well with that high school like angst of like I gotta get out of here, I gotta grow up, I gotta start sure. my life. You know, it's so many of his early songs anyway are like just speak to that so well that it just, I really connected with it there. And then once I started writing songs, then I had a whole other level of appreciation for what he does and his ability to weave a story and create characters and all of this stuff that is really different from what I do. And, but so interesting to me, you know, so I think it's, it's gone in phases for sure. Yeah. Um, who would you say are your biggest influences as a musician? You know, I still, I still think a lot of that music I grew up listening to of my parents' generation is a big part of my musical brain. You know, people like Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan and stuff like sure. that. Um, definitely Springsteen. Um, you know, more modern Americana country type people like Gillian Welsh or uh, Lucinda Williams or Jason Isabel, you know, all those types yeah. of people. Um, and then a lot of, honestly, friends, you know, we, we send each other songs and we'll send each other little voice memos and it just keeps you in the creative process. And um, that's always so inspiring, especially, you know, like I get a song from a friend and I'm like, yeah, it is time that I sit down and see what I've got to say, you know, so I can, it's almost like having a pen pal, <clears throat> musical pen pal. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends, um, we just, we got to be friends very early in her career as a, a singer songwriter named Sarah Hickman that now lives in Austin. And she had kind of put away music till the pandemic happened. And she said similar, there was her and a bunch of other uh, female songwriters decided to get this group together. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to write a song and we're going to do this together and mm-hmm. share with each other. So that nurturing helped re-spark her creativity so I could see how that would help a lot um talk to me what you you've got a new release out 
that uh, is Springsteen cover. So That's how did that it. happen? Why Speaking did of pandemic projects that was yeah. pandemic project. Okay. Yeah. I, um, you know, we were all here at home and not playing music and I was missing playing music and um, I was just trying to think about something, you know, going back to that idea of like not being perfectionistic about the creative process and for a long time, you know, I've been like talking to friends about Bruce Springsteen and how much I like his music. And a lot of my friends that, you know, are songwriters and didn't grow up with it, like, you know, it was almost kind of like silly to them, you know? And I was like, yeah. these are really good songs, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we were coming back from a trip to the beach, me and my family. And I was like, you know, what would be fun is to just like do a EP at home. You know, I had a uh, set up at home for just like a little mic that plugs into my computer and like I should just do a covers EP at home and I can mm -hmm. send it to friends and you know it can be something to play around with and if it's no good then I don't have to show it to anybody you know but if it's, yeah I have it um and it was totally inspiring to to think like well you know Springsteen made Nebraska with an eight track theoretically in his bathroom I don't know if that's a true story but yeah you know, it's like you could just make really good music without having to be in a studio, you know, necessarily. So that's how it started. And then, you know, being able to reach out to friends and have them collaborate just became such a really special thing when I was missing playing music so much with other people. And so it, yeah, it was just a way to keep playing, you know, when there were no shows. Yeah. What I, I've asked this a couple of times. I've had musicians on my show you know, and I kind of say this with uh, tongue in cheek, like, how do you promote a new CD when you can't tour, right? The, the idea is that um, you, you kind of put together, especially if you're an independent artist, you put together, you, um, you do a lot of digital work, but you, you know, you have a CD, you go to a gig, you know, you mm -hmm. sing and then afterwards you're, you know, at the table signing and going, yes, I hope I sell enough CDs to get gas to the next gig, <laughs> you know? So um, how I, I talk to me about, you know, is you, it says that's part of the reason why you're doing this, right? Is you miss performing, oh. you miss recording. So you're like, Hey, let's just do some fun. Let's have a little fun with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, with the way that people listen to music right now, having the physical CD isn't really even as important. You know, I think yeah. people are more interested if they're going to have something physical at this point, maybe in just getting vinyl. Yeah. Sound quality. And, you know, we just, I mean, our car right now doesn't even have a CD player, which is hilarious because I can't play my own CDs in the car. <laughs> I mean, for my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just that promoting things is a whole new world that I'm just learning how to figure out, you know, yeah. media and stuff like that. But um, it was, you know, part of the yeah. thing that was made it fun for promoting was that it was all in collaboration with other musicians. So it was yeah. like a way to connect with them. And then, you know, they had something that they could share as well because they miss playing music and, so that was fun. And then doing things like this and, you know, our local yeah. radio station and um, there's, always, there's always ways to put it out there. And, and then, you know, you never know. It's like, once things are on the internet, like, you know, you, I have those, um, 
they give you the metrics, you know, for like, who's listening yeah. where, and it always blows my mind. You know, I'm like, who is listening in Norway or Japan or something to my, you know, I'm not a big recording artist. I don't have a huge fan base at all, but somehow it finds its way to places in the world that you would never expect, you know, which is so exciting and bizarre. Yeah. I have the same issue um, that makes me happy but, um, you know, I'll, I'll look and I'm like, um, you know, I've had, you know, uh, 114 downloads in Belgium. Like, right. oh, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and the, the, the one offs, what cracks me up is like, you know, um, Czech Republic, one download, like, okay. So someone in the Czech, yeah. liked me enough to download one episode and then went nah not for me <laughs> right <laughs> well i don't think you could go too far down that rabbit hole but i guess yeah. you're supposed to right like right just, right yeah just no I, I i just think it or you know was someone traveling like did i have a regular listener that just is global trotting so yeah, yeah it's hilarious how did you pick which songs you wanted yeah. to use on jersey girl by the way the 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 EP is called Jersey Girl. It's available on Bandcamp. I will include the link in the show notes. Speaking of promoting, I didn't even yes. say the title of the EP. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is Julia Sanders. If you do a Google search, it'll come up on Bandcamp. Um, how did you pick which songs you wanted to cover? You know, I I just sort of went with my gut and, and pick ones that really spoke to me, you know, and ones that I thought that I could do something a little bit different with or that yeah. would be fun to play around with you know I mean no one needs me to be a Bruce Springsteen cover band for sure right um not that I could be but, yeah know. I'm not gonna be able to replicate his songs but I think you know I wanted to make sure that I wasn't trying to yeah um so yeah it was really just kind of a gut decision I mean, with with maybe a couple of them I asked the person that I was working on them with you know do you have any mm-hmm any preferences and for Atlantic city with Kevin Fuller, the first one on there, you know, that was his top. Tra- I was like, how about Atlantic city? He was like, yes, that's it. You know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, with some of them, like long time coming was just like, I love that song and I wanted to do something a little different with it. And I'm not sure that Sam was familiar with it before we, we recorded it, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Um, you ended up doing six versions, Atlantic City, Tougher Than the Rest, Ghost of Tom Joad, Hungry Heart, I'm on Fire, and Long Time Coming. So a very diverse group. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've listened to the CD or, you know, the, the streaming multiple times. Um, you, you did a great vo- job. It, it's really, really well done. Thank you. It's uh, it's some big shoes to fill. Just, you yeah. know, once you start thinking about it, you're like, oh man, I'm about to do this. Like I'm going to play I'm on fire. Like you can't do I'm on fire better than I'm on fire, you know, but I think it's just about having fun and exactly. I hope, I hope Bruce would appreciate it. You know, he seems like someone that really has fun playing music and uh, is open to playing even with his own songs and how he does yeah. them. So yeah so talk to me a little bit about some of your other releases um the uh you've gotten you know i'm looking here at Bandcamp. so uh yeah, so I on see- the line is my my album of original music my first album that i put out um and that is really 
River wants to River wants to talk. Like, what did you have to say about this? Yes, uh, yeah, they're you know number one fan. River's like, okay, let oh, me tell God. you, Jesse. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he definitely. Uh, both of my kids were like in utero at all of these shows, like kicking away and yes, been busy at recording, so they're definitely part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna put you on mute actually so I can just or stop the video for a second second I'll keep talking okay um what were you saying oh yeah so on the line that's my my uh, premier album of original music and um and then I think on Bandcamp there's just like a single that I did for um it was a compilation like a fundraiser around the time of the election um and I just did a sort of home recording of a song that I'd written about the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic called How Much Longer that's on there. Um, And then over the past few months, I started recording a new album of originals in September of last year and then sort of got on hold um, because of baby. And now we've been back doing the overdubs and um, doing some more studio stuff. And that's being produced by John James Torville who's in a band called the Deslons, um, but is also great producer um, and a friend and super excited about that it's a lot more of a a studio type album Mm -hmm. Um, whereas on the line we recorded live in two days in a a friend's little church in the backyard of their house and everything was just you know getting takes and seeing what we got and I'm really happy with it and I love the sound of of a live album like that but just want to do something different this time around and yeah what 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 when do you think this new album will be finished gosh well we're wrapping up the actual recording now and then you know there's all sorts of time lapse stuff with production you know mixing and and things like that i'm hoping by the the late summer fall is my my goal so i think that's doable you know sure that sounds good what what do you want what's next for you besides this album what what do you want to do creatively going forward um you know just keep writing keep playing and and just kind of uh keep challenging myself to to push a little bit more in terms of like you know touring versus playing more local shows and getting music out there and finding creativity in you know different places i mean i think that for me, what's been both interesting and challenging as my life has changed is, you know, learning how to write in a place that's not sort of as like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, volatile. Yeah. As, you know, your twenties your of like heartbreak and new relationships and up and downs and, you know, big feelings. And now, you know, this new album is a lot about you know, thinking about the future and about my children, about my identity as a mother and as a partner and all of these things that are, I think, equally valuable, but, you know, don't always seem as rock and roll. And so you don't think that you're supposed to write about them, you know, but. Well, and I think Bruce is a good example, right? His songwriting and albums have changed as he's gotten older. He's talking different things and like Letter to You is very much about kind of not a final album, but a kind of reflection on where I've gone so far and where I'm headed next. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And something that I really always really respect about him is that he's just able to get into a character and write from someone else's point of view, which, you know, I don't know that I'll ever do that or get there, but it does seem like it really opens up the possibilities of what you can write about, you know, because he just doesn't seem like he's very limited by his own personal experience, you know, in that way. That's a really interesting point, right? Because if you, it, it, you know, in a lot of ways, right, how do you write a song from a different perspective and a different character and, and perform that? It's where, how do you get out of yourself mm-hmm. and to share, a, you know, a story from a different perspective? But, and you're always in there in some parts of it, aren't you, when you're course, writing? Right, right. You yeah. can't be... You can't be, a, you know, otherwise, where is it coming from? But, you know, I think yes. about, like, I, I haven't gotten a chance to see the um, Broadway show, but I did watch it when it was on Netflix for a while. Yeah. And I remember him talking about how, you know, like, he's never been a dock worker. He's never sure. been, you know, worked at a factory, but he writes so much about that sort of, like, blue collar angst and all the stuff because of his dad and what he grew up with. And, you know, it's interesting to be, like, yeah, you can just put yourself in someone else's shoes, you know, right. Authors do it all the time with books, but yeah. oftentimes musicians don't, don't access that in the same yeah. way. Yeah. Um, as are there other, not necessarily Bruce, but other albums or songs, and it could be Bruce that do speak to you, that you go to, you know, both as an artist and as a, you know, just a fan that you go to often to bring you comfort or, or you revisit because of how they make you feel? Gosh, that's, that's a good question. Um, well, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road, the Lucinda Williams album, that one always just makes me feel good. Yeah. Like I can just listen to that and it'll pick my mood up. Um, blood on the tracks is one where I'm like, if I'm listening to a lot of blood on the tracks, I'm, I probably should call a friend or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, or a lot of towns fans are like, okay, I think it's yeah. time to go for a walk and call a friend and get some sunshine, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. I've been really loving, um, Bonnie Raitt's first self-titled album, which is, mm-hmm really like bluesy and sort of 70s and cool that just always like has a really good feel to it um yeah I don't know of course I'm gonna think of them now as soon as we're no 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 those are those are good answers I I know um uh, I I went uh, one of my friends is a huge Lucinda Williams fan and I went and saw her and just loved her she was great um and um I I ended up picking up the gravel road episode you know cd and listening to it over and over again it just said this is just really beautiful yeah so she's yeah really a really good storyteller also you know like she can just really weave a whole scene and yeah love her lyrics mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um have you ever seen bruce perform live no i've never seen him perform live i would really like to mm-hmm. um I feel like, you know, if I could see any show, I would like to go to that, um, the Broadway show, because I think part of the reason I haven't 
I mean, I just am not really like a big stadium musician fan. I I don't can't. The last time I probably saw anyone in a big stadium like that was like in college and it was Radiohead. So that's okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I like the intimacy of being in a smaller space and hearing the songs and, and so, yeah, I haven't had a chance to, but at some point I need to, because I, he puts on a very unique show from, from what I hear. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, How about you? What um, have you been able to, with the pandemic starting to kind of sort of ease off? Have you been able to perform live? Yeah, you know, we, we did pretty good around here about having a lot of spaces with outdoor shows, even through the pandemic. So I was able to play a little bit, you know, in between surges at outdoor shows. And now, um, you know, I've been, my son is three months, so I've obviously been playing, but, um, I'm starting to, you know, play some, some shows. I did my first show back actually last week. Mm -hmm which he came to like a trooper with his yeah. little baby headphones okay. um, and uh and then i'm you know booking for the summer and the the fall right now so it's exciting to think about getting back out there with the band and you know, doing something that feels really where cool. uh where are you planning to tour do you have anything lined up yet or are you still in the process i'm still booking local shows for now but um definitely open to to doing some more touring here you know mm-hmm. Especially yeah. as I start thinking about releasing the new album and, you know, that would be both fun yeah. and helpful to put it out there. So, well, I'm going to throw it out there when you're ready to promote the new album, come back and we'll, vi- we'll visit about that. We'll talk about the process and we'll share a couple of tracks and we'll help promote it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Good, good. Well, um, what else? Is there something else I should have asked you that I haven't? Hmm music related in general or spring just yes anything just I always and the the reason why I always ask this question is I had a guy on years ago and um, at the end of the episode I hit you know end and I said hey thank you for joining me and everything he goes okay next time I need to tell you when I got drunk with the E Street Band what? what you can't just drop that at the end of the podcast exactly right so oh so uh i so anyway just in case julia that you and you know patty uh you know exchange cooking oh recipes I, I wanted to make sure give I you that wish. opportunity i would love to hang out with patty absolutely that is hilarious uh all right so jersey girl uh is Bandcamp the best way to uh get your music yeah, that's the best way because you can either download it. I mean, you can stream through all the streaming platforms. It's on Spotify and Apple Music and, you know, all those things. Um, but, you know, we don't really make any money off of that. And right. so if you want to support, you know, you're welcome to listen to it any way you want to. But if you want a physical copy, definitely download the album either as a, you know, digital album through Bandcamp or I do have physical CDs on there for both my album on the line and for the EP Jersey girl and I can ship with some fun stickers. Well, good. Well, and, and I always recommend everyone and, and I know I'm not alone in this. If you're streaming something and you enjoy it, find a way to kick a few bucks toward the artist. Um, It is a very different business model nowadays. And so many, I mean, there is a lot of beauty to be able to, oh, let me go check. I, I you know, I heard you, Jesse talking to Julia Sanders, so I should go check out her music. And, oh, I loved it. But 
that gets you maybe a penny, <laughs> maybe, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's always good if you can kick a few bucks toward the artist. So uh, please check that out. Yeah. Um, and check out all the great, there's a bunch of artists on Jersey Girl that are all amazing as well. Erica Lewis is on there singing and she has a new album coming out. Um, Gold Rose is a local band from Asheville. Esther Rose is an Americana country rock musician. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and click. I think they're all linked there too. So They are. And what I loved is that really um, you, this was a group project. I think Tom Jode is the only thing where on the credits, there isn't another artist listed. Mm-hmm. And that's as just I'm looking because- at yeah, well, those musicians are just on a bunch of different bands, but not all of them are necessarily yeah. on Bandcamp. But right. um, actually, they a couple of them are in a band um, here. Well, one of them is in a band called Life by Life Like Water. That's wonderful, and then mm-hmm. uh, a couple of the girls are um, in a band as well here. Um, so it is just that the way that it formatted was. Yeah. If we didn't well, have a full band backing, so we mm-hmm. well, um, Julia, this has been a blast. I, I love that I got to spend time with you and River. Um, before I let you go, um, I always end my show with the Mary question. So, um, Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher, recently retired, would back when he was teaching, he would spend two days in his class breaking apart thunder road for his students they would discuss the imagery that bruce uses for the lyrics they would talk about the themes of the song uh they would compare it to other american poets like robert frost and then at the end of the two days he asks the question does mary get in the car so julia sanders that is your question does mary get in the car at the end of thunder road i gotta say i want to take this class like yeah don't I want to take this class or at least just like the notes we need them online or something because uh I I will send you the link he was on my show probably four or five years ago and he did a abbreviated version of that so I will send you the link to the episode yes because I mean I really went down a rabbit hole with this maybe I overthought it but I was like just kind of in it thinking because it because you had asked me obviously this ahead of time I mean, I'd never actually considered this question before, which is funny. And I've listened to this song, I don't even know how many times, you know? Right. Um, And maybe just because as a musician, the way my brain works, like the things that always stuck out with me so much were just like the structure of the song and how unusual it is. And, you know, it's like prose and there's no chorus, first chorus or anything like that. And it's got that big instrumental at the end. Anyway, so that's always what I noticed about it. I never really thought about what Mary was doing, you know? And I kind of think it doesn't matter, like a little bit. Like, I think the whole point of the song, right, is like the asking and the question and the feeling from his point of view and not what, what she does, but I don't know. My first instinct is, you know, if Bruce Springsteen asks you to get in the car, you should <laughs> probably get in the car. Right. Um, and What's, the end is just so like epic and joyous that instrumental you know it kind of feels like if she didn't that would be more of a bummer at the end um we're so, like faded out you know so julia you've brought up a couple of things that i i, I want to address because one you're the second person this week that have said well you know maybe the whole point of the song is we don't know 
if she gets to the car or not, right? That is the purpose of the song. And uh, I love that ending. I, I, I do. Um, the other thing is I, I had a guy on who said it depends. He said if it's the E Street Band doing Thunder Road, she absolutely gets in the car because of that majestic ending. If it's Bruce doing it solo, she doesn't because, you know, at the end, he's kind of melancholy and he's like, na, 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 and he's driving off by himself. So uh, good, good call on that. Yeah. Great answer. Great answer. And I feel the exact same way when Jay was on the, uh, the first episode. Um, he he talked about this and I said, wait a minute that's even a thing I like of course she gets to the car and he's and then we started talking about it so that's the reason why I end every episode with it because I always get a fun answer and I get a good discussion for my guests although so I will you. say going back yeah. and listening to it then he's all you know you're not a beauty yeah there's, there's a price to pay if you get in the car I'm like I don't know man maybe this guy's kind of a creep and you shouldn't get in the car Mary so I will send you <laughs> two things I will send you uh, a link to the couple of episodes where Jay's been on there and we talked about it. Um, he was on, we discussed it. Then a few years later, I took about 50 answers and all spliced them together, sent them mm-hmm. to Jay. And then he came on and, you know, like, what did I oh start? And he listened to, to everyone's answers. And we kind of analyzed, did an analysis of that. Um, and then I will send you the notes. I had uh, another podcaster, Bex, on the phone, and she had never heard the song. She didn't listen to the song. She just pulled up the lyrics. Oh, wow. And she, and she said, if she gets the car, he's going to kill her. Oh, <laughs> And so I will send you her notes about how she it, it is hilarious that this this whole perspective of, you know, that many Springsteen fans think of this. Oh, one of his most great epics. And she's just like, no, no, he's right. crazy. Don't get in. Just putting you down the whole song. But then yes. it's like get in the car. Yeah. Hey, that's great. Well, you and River have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, uh, if so someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Um, I have a contact on my Bandcamp page, but also just Julia Sanders Band at Gmail. So okay. Easy way to contact me and easy to remember. All right. That sounds great. All right. You also, uh, you have an official Facebook page. I do. So everyone go like that. Please go to Bandcamp, download this, uh, the CD, send a few bucks to get a physical copy if that's your thing. And mm-hmm. Julia, and thank you so much follow that helps in its own way too yes it does all right thank you julia thank you listeners we'll talk to you soon goodbye sky goes on endlessly great days to come and go Try to shake this feeling that I'm nothing And it's nothing like New Orleans Need a friend to call my own Reaching through the tail 
I want and need your feedback. You can reach me multiple ways to tell me what you like or don't like about the show. You can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself. We're on Twitter at SetLustingBruce or at Jesse Jackson DFW. I have an Instagram, SetLustingBruce or Jesse Jackson DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash setlustingbruce. Go to patreon.com slash setlustingbruce to find out how you can support the show. And we have several tiers of support. Please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. And tell a friend about the podcast because that is the way we're going to grow. If you're not tired of hearing me speak, you can hear me on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, where Charles Skaggs and I talk all things Doctor Who, the How Many podcast, where me and my friends Gary, Scott, Bob, and Jr. talk pop culture, and finally, my newest podcast, The Last Best Hope for Conversation, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Karen, Lou, and I are going through the TV show Babylon 5 one episode at a time. I am always looking for guests, so please reach out to me, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. That listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.